Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Rework. Are you in love with what you're shooting right now? Does it make your heart sing? Do you love the lighting? Do you love the subject matter? Is it just working for you? Or has it gotten a little stale? Are you kind of bored? And do you need some inspiration? Well, today's episode is a conversation with my friend, Catherine Langsford of Photos by Catherine in Vancouver, Canada. And we're going to discuss possible ways that you might fall out of love with what you're shooting and how to fall back in love with it again, or find some inspiration to evolve to the next thing. Hope you enjoy it. Let's do it. Okay, back in the podcast studio, our favoriteest guest, besides my husband, Ivan, is Catherine Langsford with Photos by Catherine in Vancouver, Canada, and my dear friend. And how are you? Good. How are you? Glad you're here. Great to be here. So what we are going to talk about today is a problem that has plagued many artists before us and will plague many artists after we're gone. I've been in 18. You've been in 23 years. Mm -hmm. And at some point, maybe you don't love what you're shooting anymore. Yeah. Happens. Okay. Sure. So in that instance, what are you doing? What what do you do when you either, you know, I think we've all been in that mode where we're editing a session. We're like, I need to find another line of work. I suck at what I do. Yeah. Or I'm not loving this anymore. I mean, there's been times when I don't know to do anything. I, you know, I'm sort of misinterpreting what's happening. I don't see it as a lapse in creativity. I see it as, oh no, my work sucks now. Oh, I've done, I've. I've used up all my creativity and now all I can do is like phone over. it in. Especially if I'm not in a great frame of mind, I can't necessarily see what the problem is. I just feel bad about my work. You know, the creativity part of it is not a task list we can check off. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a state of mind and a way that we feel and express ourselves that is hard to manufacture. So it's not, you can't solve it the same way you can solve, you know, a problem with the numbers or a problem with an administrative workflow issue. It's not. Right. That's true. That's true. However, it is the product that we're producing. And so it is incumbent upon us. We don't have the luxury as portrait photographers. We don't actually have the luxury to languish in creative a creative slump. Like we, you got to kind of pick yourself up and oh, yeah, move you forward. And you, you have keep to it going. great for everybody. And even if you're having a rough week or 
you know, the light is horrible or whatever, you still need to make it great. So there's that pressure that can sometimes, you know, creating under pressure can be challenging. But also what I find is sometimes I'm just bored. This studio is say this, it's a beautiful studio. I'm very grateful to be in a place where I can have a studio like this. I love it. But sometimes that white wall, you know, I feel like I've played it out. (laughs) And so I, I think what happens is, one of a few things, one great thing that happens sometimes is I can discover something new by accident. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it seems like a problem, but the problem leads to something great. For example, maybe it's a really dark day and we're having to work with, you know, cause I use a lot of like ambient light. I have a wall mm-hmm. of windows and I use a lot of natural light and then I just supplement it with um, strobe. So Sometimes maybe the light just isn't quite right, but those shadows that I'm not used to having, I realize I kind of like, and then maybe that inspires, I want to start creating something out of that look. So a happy accident, like that kind of thing has happened many times over the years. The other thing that sometimes could happen is maybe a client wears a certain color mm-hmm. that I see how that, because I shoot black and white. So all colors are translated to, you know, monochromatic. Sure. I see how like a a champagne color looks on my white wall in low light and a whole new idea is formed. Mm. I want people to come in that palette and I'm lighting it like that. And it's this whole new look that was created not on purpose, just because of what someone wore that day. So being open-minded enough to see when a different look can, you know, lead to, to a whole new sort of avenue of creativity has been you know, one way that I can get out of that, but you can't really create that. It just sort of happens. Well, that's true, but I think you do have to be open to it. And but going back to what you said earlier about how we do, we are taking money for what it is that we're doing and we're being paid very well to do what we do. So it just because we're not inspired or feeling great or whatever, it doesn't mean that's not a really special session for that particular client or this moment in their life. And so, so getting yourself up for that, you know, rather than like, okay, just bring them in, let's do pose number 647, you know, whatever. How are you doing that? So how do we keep it fresh or get yourself more into a headspace like that? Are there things that you do before a session, maybe when you are struggling that kind of get you going? Like, what are you doing? The more I'm able to connect with the people in front of me and their family's story, Mm-hmm. Uh, the better that part is for me. For example, I've been through some difficult things in my family. And so this year, when I needed to come back to work after a period of intense hardship on the home front, I needed to come back and I probably wasn't ready to come back. And I came back to a big family with big personalities and big kids that I had to shoot because they were in town from Barbados. It was only going to happen once. I couldn't reschedule. Mm-hmm. So, I sat for a few minutes before that session and just thought about that family and got my head in the game to do what this family came for because they came a long way and it was really important to them. And that session was all about me focusing on who these people are because I couldn't be creative. I had no ideas. I had zero ideas. (laughs) My creativity closed down. They brought a ton of clothes. I couldn't even see straight. I couldn't figure out what, cl- I just faked that part. I was yeah. just like, oh yeah, wear this, wear that. I wasn't even, I couldn't think properly. 
properly. But because I was able to tap into and connect with their personalities and who their family is now and appreciating how much those little girls have grown in the three years since I've seen them, the photos were beautiful, Mm -hmm. really beautiful. And it was, it was all about connection that time. So sometimes you can really shoot from your heart, like really make that work for you. Even when you don't have any ideas, I had no posing ideas. I mean, there's some things I just, you know, are always right. Like I, you know, my style, like I know how to keep people close. I know how to, you know, work angles. I know how things, certain things to watch out for. So that stuff is just like autopilot. Right. But when it comes to like, hmm, how am I going to have them sit? And where am I? I wasn't even able to think like that. Yeah. So it was just tapping into those personalities that, that made that happen for me. I love that. I think that's such a good example of we're all going to have days like that, where we're just, whether it's some external thing has happened and we still have to show up for work, but that really shows your professionalism. So you know your craft, you know how to light something, you know how to post something. You've had many years of doing that. So that is not a hard thing for you to do. So you're maybe not, you know, running around going, oh, go change into this outfit and do this thing or whatever. But you stayed with actually the most, what I would submit is the most important thing about what we do. And that is making it about that particular client, not just about the PBK or the ATJ style. Mm -hmm. We're not shoving them into our box. We're actually going even more into who they actually are. So I think that's a, that's amazing. That's a really great example. So when you do have that moment of, okay, I'm kind of tired. I've kind of played this out, tired of everything. And you are motivated to freshen it up. Mm -hmm. How are you doing that? I might do something like move to a different corner of my studio, Mm -hmm. like backwards against the opposite wall, or, you know, I have movable backdrops. I might move one over to be side lit instead of, you know, front front lit, just small differences that make me see things differently. A new piece of furniture that can go a long way, Mm -hmm. a new new chair. You know, I remember when I was shooting for that four book that I did and I had like just a bunch of four-year-olds rolling through my office and I was running out of ideas and I started just like putting kids on my desk. Yeah. Just just a different height, a different place. And not to say that piece of furniture or that place is going to make it different. It makes me see things differently. Exactly. It makes me stop phoning it in. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. Yeah. Those sort of things help me and they're very subtle. Well, and you, we all know, I mean, one of, I think one of the first things that you discover when you're learning lighting is the difference that an incremental, like quarter inch, an inch movement can make to an angle or the way the light is hitting your, like, it's like they're turned a little bit this way and then they barely, and you're like, oh, 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 right there. You know, it's like just little increments. And the same is true of what you're describing. Like just, we've always, maybe we've always been shooting standing. You sit them down. It's a whole different thing. Or you put them up on a box that's, or a table, your desk, whatever, that's a little different height than what you're used to shooting at. And it's a whole new discovery process. It doesn't have to be, we had to build this, that cost $9 million. I don't think I've ever gone to, I don't even know if I can go to those kind of great big efforts to like plan ahead and set it up. And I don't really do that. I just change small things or change where I am. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I've started shooting Sony in the last few years and it's got that, you know, that the screen on the back, whatever you call that. Yeah. Anyway, you can angle it that you can angle it. Angle So I can shoot waist height and look at Mm. my, and that changes things. 
Yeah. Or get myself on the floor. That changes things. I mean, those are things probably people have already played with, but maybe you don't play with it anymore. You know, no. find yeah. yourself and go yeah. back. And I would submit that we don't play enough. Like that's one of the great things about when you're learning photography, it's so motivating in and of itself, even though you like suck half the time and you're screwing it up is that you are playing constantly with it and learning. And it's so exciting and it's so rewarding because you're learning something new all the time. Whereas when you kind of get your style down and you, people are coming to you because they want that specific thing. Um, it's easy to get stuck in a rut a little bit. Yeah. Now, you and I have both had a similar experience in the last year in that we have moved to new studios. Both of us have moved our studios. And so that can become, it sounds very exciting. It sounds very sexy. Sure. And it can actually kill you. Oh, yeah. It makes you feel untethered. Yeah. that's. It's been really hard yeah. for me to move to a new spot, even though I set up a psych wall. I set up like wanted to set it up so that I could do all the things that I do, but I have double the width. The ceiling heights are different. It's just, yeah. And you've really, it's been encouraging me because you moved probably six or eight months before I did. And I'm seeing you find your places because you were struggling at the beginning too. And so it's encouraging me that I know I'm going to find my places again. Yeah, it's interesting because my place it is different, but the idea is the same. I've got a white wall, I've got side lighting, I've got backlighting possibilities, and then there's some different things. Like I also have a dark wall. And, but anyway, it was surprising to me how hard it was to learn how to shoot in here because I thought it was just the same thing. Mm-hmm. Shooting on this white wall instead of my old white wall is like a world of difference. And I couldn't find my way. I felt so... I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I remember my first shoot, I had a friend's family come in just to check it out. And I got nothing. Like, I Hmm. just could not, I couldn't even think about dealing with my subjects because I couldn't figure out my physical space. And that was not even dealing with strobes. I was just using natural light. So yeah, it's, it's uh, deceivingly difficult. But yeah, finding, I mean, what I ended up doing is my assistant and I took a whole day and shot in every square inch of the studio. And when we found good angles, we put tape on the floor where the subject was and where I was. And for the first while we used those things because really it wasn't obvious. We had to literally like physically go through the motions of try shooting from this corner, the middle of the room. Like we tried it all out and and that helped. And that gave me a few places that were my go-to. And then from there, I started discovering things accidentally, like we just talked about and a few new things have come up that have been really exciting and it's, it's definitely renewed my creativity this year. Yeah, I can tell your work's looking amazing. So another thing that I think about that helps me get motivated is what my sister every now and then, maybe like every other year, I would love to say that we do this more often, but she has just stacks of design books that she buys all the time, magazines, books, that sort of thing. And they sit and she doesn't really have time to look through them because she's too busy designing people's houses. And so she has even has a system like the shrink wrap doesn't come off them unless she's looked through them. So there's a whole stack of these shrink wrap books. So one day we happened to be sitting in her living room and I opened one, I dared to break the shrink wrap. And she's like, wait, 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 if you break that, then I won't know that I've I haven't looked at it. And I said, well, let's just start looking through some of them. So we sat there for two hours and just looked through all these design books. And I got a lot out of that because I could see how art was being displayed in these gorgeous homes. And she obviously 
it was inspiration for her craft. And so as we were sitting there at the end of this period of time, she closed the last book and she's like, oh, that was like a spa treatment for my eyeballs. I think, you know, that's what going to museums or sometimes looking at other photographers works. For me, it's not so much looking at other photographers work as it is looking at other art and how it's displayed. That's, I find a lot of inspiration there. And then backing that up into like, how could I shoot something that would look like that on a wall. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think you're so good at that because you really, your ways of seeing how to have your work displayed are so creative and varied. And yeah, that's a really cool approach to go backward from, you know, how will the art look in in the room and then what's the best way to create something to look good. And it doesn't always work. I mean, you know, then I'll try it and I'll be like, well, that looks stupid. No, we have to try. Yeah. But yeah, that looking at the end, you know, of what is that finished product, even if it's a painting in a museum or whatever, the way it's framed, or, you know, maybe it's like a partial bust of a head, or maybe it's cut off in some way and like, okay, how could I shoot in that way graphically? Like, how could I make that happen? You know, so that's something that, that can get me inspired. If you're a portrait photographer, you know the next few months are going to be crazy. This is our busy season. And how to make the most of that busy season is to make sure that our client communication is in order, that we are not having clients showing up with the wrong clothing, that we are not having clients shocked in our sales appointments by our pricing and needing to go home and measure or going home and asking their husband and then sales burning down and our clients not getting what they need and we not being able to build a sustainable business. So how are we going to make sure that this season is the most successful that it possibly can be? Well, it starts by getting on the same page with your clients so that nothing is left to chance. And how I've done this is that I've spent the last 13 years revising my own internal consultation form, which by the way, you can download the consultation form that I use in my business, absolutely free. But I realized after tweaking that form for about 13 years, that I needed something more. And it wasn't just a pretty brochure. And it wasn't a price list with no context, because we all know, you can send a price list to somebody, and they're still shocked by the price because they never looked at it, or they have no idea what those prices even mean. It's happened to all of us. What I realized is I needed a single printed piece for my client to take away with them that would leave nothing to chance and that it would allow me to educate my clients about the price range of my products. It would help them to understand what we would and wouldn't be shooting for during their portrait session, like actually creating a game plan for what is it that we're actually going to be shooting for and let's prioritize that. And then also something that would allow the clients to feel confident about selecting the clothing for their session and a printed piece that would allow them to share with their spouse and be able to put together the game plan for their session. So I needed it to be part brochure, part getting ready guide, part last minute checklist, and part consultation form because my consultation form was internal. I was keeping that form, but I wanted this printed piece to go with my clients. And I wanted it to be sexy and good looking and that they felt completely and totally cared for. So I wanted all of this in a single booklet that the client would take with them at the end of their consultation. Now I've been using this, I created it about five years ago. It's called the ATJ Game Plan Booklet. 
And I started off by using it in my studio and I've been revising it for the last five years. And now for the first time ever, I'm offering it to the rework community to use in your portrait studio. So what's included in that? In this course, it's a little mini course, not a big long course. There's a video lesson with me on how to use the game plan booklet in your consultation. You will also have a video recording of an actual client consultation with me and a, and a client using the booklet in real time. And then you will have layered PSD files of the game plan booklet that we use in our studio every day, as well as a PDF version of the latest and greatest ATJ consultation form. So all of that is included for just a one-time payment of $295. Just $295 to completely change the way that you interact with your clients, the information that they have, how taken care of they feel by making things transparent to them, putting together the game plan for the session so that everybody's on the same page. We all know what we're shooting for. We know how much it's going to cost. They know what to wear. Everybody's on the same page. This is the document. This is the booklet that has changed my business. And I want you to have it too, if it works for you. So go to do the rework.com forward slash game plan. That's do the rework.com forward slash game plan and download that booklet and start using it in your business this busy season. I know that the game plan booklet will be a game changer for your business. So looking at the client, going more into who they are, I think that's probably, to me, that would be like first, second, third, down to maybe the top 10 would all be that. Number one, checking back into the client and realizing how special it is for them. Yeah. This age of their kids, how their family feels this year. Like I had a family come in last week that they've been to me every year for probably 10 years. And this year, I feel like both kids kind of came into their own and the parents seemed super relaxed and they just had a whole different vibe as a family this Mm. year ever before. So I really noticed that. And so I really wanted to show that and like have the girls maybe be a little more out of the box than usual because they seemed extra confident this year. And it can just, you know, the people, it's funny, my assistants, like before people arrive, they usually say, so where are we going to start? What host do you want to do first? I never know. Mm-hmm, it's exactly. always about who these people are when they get here. I want to see what their vibe is. I want to see if I, you know, maybe it, it will make sense that I start with the kids instead of the family. You know, maybe it's going to be obvious to me that sitting down and being all cuddled up is just not them. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I have to see them first. And it drives them crazy because they want to set up beforehand. But I just, I, I need to see what the people bring. And this year, that's what they brought. They just brought this whole new energy with their family and the portraits were different because of that. Well, I love that. And so my approach definitely is to set up that first shot. So I will, a lot of that information I'm getting from them in the consultation, but I still need to see them. And so we will set up the first shot and set up the first lighting, you know, especially if we're using a background or whatever, we'll get that ready to go. And there's been plenty of times where I've walked out and something's going on. And I'm like, yeah, no, I want to do the kids first. And then we just have to scrap it. So I think there's no right way, right? But doing that first setup, that's kind of what gets me into my like, okay, 
let's try this. And then I can kind of see, I've got my assistant looking how the light's falling on them. Okay, let's try this. Let's, you know, I can kind of get a little bit creative in that pre setup mode. Well, for me, I have best results when I don't have a lot of expectations. Mm -hmm. So so I don't like to plan too tightly about exactly what the portrait is going to look like because it sure, I mean, I can get the light, right. I can get the clothes, right. But maybe those people just don't work in that position or I know, you know, so, um, I, I need to be open and, and see what's there, even if it's not what I planned on. So, and I think that it's so it kind of challenges your confidence when you're, especially when you're a newer photographer, because you look at these behind the scenes of Annie Leibovitz or, you know, some like Mario Testino or whatever working. And, you know, they've got like 27 assistants that are pre-lighting these complicated sets. They got George Clooney, you know, somebody's walking in there that's got three seconds to shoot before they go off and on their plane, you know, or whatever. And so those are very different, but we're holding ourselves to, to that standard. You know, thinking, oh, I have to have this all figured out ahead of time. But in a way, I think to your point, it can actually limit you Yep. in a way because you don't really know what's going to happen. Those are professional actors who know how to like get on a mark. They know their angle. They have a persona that is managed yep. and they know how to like dial that crap in and make it happen. But we don't, we're not shooting those people. Yeah. We have people that are like, I've got an extra 10 pounds. I'm, I'm freaked out. I don't know. My husband just yelled at me the whole way here because I spent too much on the clothes. Likely. (laughs) Yes. Sorry. I interrupted you. What were you going to say? I I was just going to say it it can feel like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. Like people who, who come in here and want maybe, for example, they've talked about wanting this artsy, quirky, like really different portrait. That's going to be like some kind of Warhol-esque thing. Yeah. You meet them and they're just, they're pretty quiet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. pretty quiet. I like, I like huggy. Love, I love those. I love all the huggy levy pictures. And I'm like, well, so is your family cuddly? Yeah. No, we don't touch each other. I'm like, yeah, well, okay. I can't Photoshop love. Yeah. Yeah. The kids won't sit next to each other and you yeah, know. no, they hate each other. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, we have to just work with what's in front of us and it'll be great. We just yeah. can't make it something it's not. Well, and then there's also what's your sweet spot, like as far as who, what you love to shoot. So I had just a couple of weeks ago, this family come in, lovely woman, really great looking mom. And, and then she's showing me a picture of her kids. They're like drop dead, gorgeous. They come walking up. You know, I feel like they should have like, it was like, you know, that miscongeniality, you know, that scene where Sandra Bullock is like walking out the airplane hangar and you know, the hair is blowing. They're coming up the, the walk and I'm just like, they're like glamazons, like most beautiful children. Zero personality. Oh. Zero. Oh, dear. I mean, can I express to you? Zero. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I can't. Yeah. I found that my, my kryptonite is no personality. That's the hardest. The kryptonite. Mine too. I thought I was going to die. You with this look like, okay, make it happen. Yeah. Like I I brought these beautiful humans to you. Now what's your problem? You know, like I, I literally had to go home and take a nap after that shoot. I, it almost killed me. But then, you know, and then two days later, I've got new client, these little boys that are like four and two. And there she's apologizing because they've already like half ripped the lobby apart before they even make it back to the studio. Like, I love it. 
yeah. And I, I was just in my zone. It was like my favorite thing I, I could have shot all day. I could have been shooting for six hours. So it's just, there is that too, like knowing who you are and knowing what works well for you. And you still are going to have things that come in front of your camera that are difficult for you. But, and I don't actually have an answer for that first one. I just don't know what the answer. I just, I mean, they have, we have beautiful images, but yeah. they're definitely was difficult. Yeah. I have had a session like that recently and I concluded that you can't make that happen. You just do your best with who's in front of you. So last thing I wanted to talk about is the idea of a creative restraint. So sometimes we think, oh, I need more, bigger, but the idea of like, actually that something is restraining you can help you be more creative. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, sometimes I might get into the mindset of like, it's like a, a task list. Okay. I need mom and kids. I need dad and kids. I need the kids together. I need the kids separate. I need the kids with a dog. I need a dog with a family. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it sounds so exciting. Sort of feels like I'm phoning it in and I kind of am phoning it in. Like usually I'm only doing something like that for an album. Right. And, you know, every one of those combinations can't be gold. You just can't like, it's just, it just doesn't work. And it's very unsatisfying sometimes. Whereas if I am just able to shoot, like I had a family come the other day that just had one 14 year old child and we wanted to get one great photo that showed her whimsical personality. And so I was just in super tight, you know, really wide open aperture, eyes sharp, rest of the face falling away, fan blowing the hair. And I just worked that personality and just concentrated on that shot for probably 20 minutes. Mm. And that is so much more fulfilling. And even if every client doesn't want that, sure, that experience awakens my creativity. Yes. So the next session will be, even if the next session has no content like that at all, that part of my brain is awake again and thinking about how fun things can be and how, and how great it feels to get something great. That's the part of me that I need to keep energized. And it's not always energized by the same thing. I just need to always be open have that channel be open. And right. you know, what's funny is I think a lot of photographers, this piece is easy for them. <laughs> it's the business part that's hard. Yes. You and I are a little different in that. You know, I know we're both creative and talented, but making the sale and being able to, you know, come up with the promotion and craft the words for the website, that's the easy stuff. Right. I can do that all day. I can sit in sales meetings all week, every week. That would actually be my happy place. Right. But sometimes this part is hard. The creative yeah. part is hard. It is what I fell in love with first, but it's been 23 years. And sometimes it just feels like that part of me is tired. Well, and I think that it's weird because right when you first are starting to even get an image that registers feels hard. Yeah. Then you get your go-to and that part becomes easy, right? So that you don't have to think about it. It's on autopilot. So then what becomes hard is that you are stuck in a bit of a rut, you know, and to your point about doing, shooting all the things, you know, that's why I maintain that we're doing the consultations the way that we are so that we aren't doing that every single time. Because to me, that is the death of creativity to know that every single year that when they come in, that they're going to want like mom and the girls, dad and the boys, and then the opposite, and then headshots of each kid. And then each one of those, you can't do that much in a one hour session and not have it be 
spreading some mediocrity around. You have to be able to have some kind of a conceptual focus to where you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have that moment of, yes, this is so good. I love this, you know, that creative moment. And so to me, I was realizing before I was shooting in that way and consulting in that way and narrowing it down and making myself come up with a concept for that year, that that was what made it special was to think about it ahead of time and just say, okay, this year it's going to be that, that this might be the last year that they're a puppies in a pile and cuddling up with each other. And we're going to just, I want to kind of do tight, close, more dramatically lit, not running around and being maniacs or the vice versa, you know, but being able to make it special, just slow down and think about it rather than, yeah, yeah, I've got this. It's fine. I know I can just run them through my, my paces because that's not very satisfying. No, it's not. But also to understand there are sessions like people who want albums using that Mm -hmm. where you just have to do that. And it's okay. It's all right that you're not going to have that like amazing, wow, like incredible portrait that like you spent 20 minutes creating with like that just won't happen. It's not that kind of session, but you know, allowing yourself to, you know, do the checklist sometimes and then on other sessions where it's more possible, let your creativity come out. Right. But I still, I'm, I'm challenging you on that because I really don't love it. Like I, even with that, even when I know I have to shoot all those things, I'm thinking, okay, what, what is another way to do this? And, you know, I found some weird things that actually work really well. One is how many men are in love with their dog and they secretly want a picture of just them with their dog. Wow. I have done several of those that ended up being a piece of wall art. So there are combinations that we haven't even thought of because we're so busy just doing what sometimes it's the clients come in with a list or whatever. Can we push back on that? So so that's another way to creativity for me and to make me not get bored is to think, okay, what do I have in front of me right now? And what's something interesting? You know, and maybe it's something that the kid pulled out of their backpack that we weren't even planning on shooting or whatever, you know, I don't know, like you said, it's the serendipity, but being open to the serendipity and the way to be able to be open for that, you know, now that we are in the fourth quarter and it's busy is to be rested and hydrated and be able to, you know, just be present physically in that way, mentally. Yeah, And, you know, to that, something I did really consistently this year, I've tried it other years, but really consistently this year is I made my shooting schedule really strictly, no more than two sessions a day, Mm. no more than two shooting days a week. And when I do two shooting days a week, I wait three more weeks before I book more shooting days. So I have, I mean, we don't need to get into scheduling, but I'm just saying, I like it. Seeing my sessions and not having marathon days of shooting or, you know, week after week of shooting days has really helped me because then I'm in shooting mode, totally focused on shooting mode. It's special. It's concentrated to that week. And then I get a big break before I'm doing more. And that's really helped. Yeah. I love that. I have found similar. What I've also found is the concept of managing my energy rather than just managing my time. And so there's a book that I read a long time ago called the, I think it's called The Power of Full Engagement or something like that. I'll find it. We'll link it. But 
but it's the, really managing your energy. That's the most important commodity or asset is your energy because you can have a lot of time, but that doesn't mean that it's a good time. It doesn't mean that you're like, you know, happy and focused and that sort of thing. So for me, when I'm looking at the type of shoots that we're scheduling, like I can't do a huge generational session with 40 people in the morning and all the breakouts of that, and then do some, you know, three kids and a dog in the afternoon. Like you have to really look at like, yeah, generational one, one in a day, one, one per day, and maybe nothing else that week. Like it's, it's gotta be, but I could shoot like four, like elementary school age kids. So not like toddlers, Mm -hmm. but like that four to eight, yeah, like grade school kids, little family like that of kind of naughty kids. I could do six of those in a day. And just that gives me energy Mm -hmm. that doesn't drain me. So, I mean, I wouldn't do six in a day, but three easy. So I could schedule three of those. So when we're, I'm having to communicate that to my, to my client coordinator that, okay, I need you to look at these sessions and don't just book whatever on a day, because I said this was a shoot day, that if you're going to book me a generational session that morning, that day's booked. I can't do more than that because I need all of my energy for that. It's going to be everybody in the studio. And then, then we have to go into a quiet place and get massages and have somebody pet me and bring me some Mexican food. Exactly. And put an ice pack on my eyes. Right. Exactly. The other thing that just occurred to me, this is probably out of order of our outline here, but is that in cleaning out the studio to move, I found some old props that I still really loved and had just been gathering dust. And so we brought those back into the rotation. Also threw out so many other things. And I find that really I'm going to make myself move the studio around more often. The physical space does make a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. It, it's surprising how much of a difference it makes to move over eight feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just makes you see everything differently and you have to shoot there, not just look at it. You got to get the camera in hand and a subject in front of you. And then you see things so differently. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think that's a lot of good ideas. I've actually taken notes as we've been sitting here and, um, I, husband, dog. I love that idea. I'm going to take that one. Husband and dog. I'm telling you, they love those dogs. And that's so true. When I think back, that is true. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, that's his first baby. He really just loves that kid the best. Or, and maybe it's the mom that loves him. I've done that with the mom too, or just the dogs alone. Yeah. So I, I think keeping our eyes open for serendipity is a good way to creativity. I love talking about this stuff with you. Thank you for being here. Love it. Thank you. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.